Good morning, church. You guys sound really good today. It's good to see you. It's always good to be here. Amen? Amen. Again, if you are visiting, thank you so much for choosing Western Hills to visit and worship with today. You could have chose anywhere, but today you chose us. But you know, the truth is, someone said, I really don't want to go. You ever hear that before? I really don't want to go. I really just want to stay here, do what I'm doing, and I'm just fine with that. With me, it's okay. I just don't want to go. Anybody hear that before? Anybody ever say that before? Yeah, we're guilty, aren't we? It's like the mother who hollered up to the son's room to get up because he had to get ready to go to church. He yells back down and says, Mom, I'm not going to church today. What do you mean you're not going to church today? Why not? Well, he said, the church is boring and the people don't like me there at all. And she said, well, okay, but I'm going to give you two reasons why you should go to church. He said, okay, what is it? She said, first, you're 40 years old. And secondly, you're the preacher. All right. There are times in our lives that we really don't want to go. We just made up our mind in our lives. We're just stubborn. Some people are more stubborn than others. Anybody know a stubborn person? All the women do this to your husbands, all right? So we are, and we get like that, don't we? When God called Don and I to come here to preach, to minister to this congregation, we, all we remember about Lawton was Big Bob's toilets out there on the highway because we never stopped at Lawton because we came from the south, and so we came up 44, and that's all we saw. We thought that was Lawton. And so we said to ourselves, when God had called us here, I don't think so. And yet, this past week marked 1,377 weeks that we've been here at Western Hills. And now that's a lot of weeks. And I'll tell you, I'm still excited, and we are glad that we didn't listen to ourselves. And we listened to God, and we came. But the truth is, sometimes we don't want to go. You ever been there? How about you in your life? When you truly just don't want to go. For instance, it could be as easy as someone saying, your friends might say, hey, let's go to this restaurant tonight to eat together, and you simply say, I don't want to go. (laughs) We're kind of like that, aren't we? I really don't want to go, honey. Can you make an excuse like you need to wash your hair or something? We come up with stuff like that. Maybe it's the boyfriend that wants to go see the movie, something like The Eggplant Ate Chicago or something, and your heart was just set on Frozen 2. (laughs) And you just don't want to go. It's time to get up to go to work, and you don't want to go. It's time to go back to school, and you don't want to go, and you're the teacher. It's time to go to the dentist, and nobody wants to go. We just don't want to. We all find ourselves at some point in our lives saying, I don't want to go. Jim put it well in his class today. It's a great class. If you're looking for a Bible class on Sunday mornings, 9.30, <laughs> come on over. It's going great. It's from the law to grace. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be better if you're there. He talked about people not wanting to go. The Israelites, they didn't want to go. And they missed out on a great blessing, a great blessing. And we can miss out on the blessings that God has for us if we simply say, I don't want to go. 
I don't want to do that. And we're all guilty of it. And that's why I want to talk about it today. It's even harder at times when we know that it's in your heart, that God has placed it in your heart, what it is that he wants you to do, what, you, what he wants you to do and go and be a part of. And so on our journey, the truth is, some don't want to go. And here we are parking ourselves in the last month of 2019. We never thought it would get here. Those of us that are 60 years old, when we look back when we were uh, teenagers, we thought 2019, that's light years away. Anybody with me? And yet it's here. It's just the 12th month on a calendar. It happens to be the first day of that 12th month, 2019, and here we are. We've gotten this far, but do we want to go any further? Do we really want to go where God would have us to go? It's His command, it's His will, but we just don't feel like it. And according to some, they just don't feel like going to church. If they can come up with something else, they will do that. They'll just go out of town, be out of town. Something with the kids got to go on. You know, I coughed last night about 2 o'clock, and, you know, maybe I, I might be coming down with the flu, so I don't need to go. And so they don't go. It happens to all of us. Perhaps it's happened to a person that's not here that you know that are normally here. It happens. But we give all kinds of reasons why we don't go. Surely we do. Some of you here, for example, you already know what it is that you need to do to claim Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. But you don't want to go that far. I mean, I still like doing what I'm doing right now, and so maybe next time. I just don't want to. just don't want to go. Some of you here are involved in something that you know for sure is against God's word and his teaching, and you know that it is, but you're not willing to give it up. I don't want to. There's a little poem that goes something like this, procrastination. Procrastination is my sin. It brings me naught but sorrow. I know that I should stop it. In fact, I will tomorrow. The person, I guess, that we can relate with in the Old Testament more than you might think because it's a story in which we tell our kids and they find it fascinating when we tell them. And then as we grow up, we often think, well, is that a real story? Did that really happen? I mean, there's stories in the Old Testament that will just freak you out. And the one I want to talk about is the one about Jonah and how we relate with Jonah. Now, in that story of Jonah, of course, and you can read there on the screen, Jonah chapter 1. I'm not going to take time to read all these verses. And the reason why I'm not going to do that is because you already know the story. By me mentioning the name, you automatically came up with this vision that you were told from the time you were little or whenever you read it for the first time, and you said to yourself, ha-ha, there it is. So you know the story, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time there, but there are some interesting things in this story and then these first three verses there, there's so much. If I were teaching a Bible class, I'd just camp out in these three verses for three weeks. But we're not going to do that, and we're not going to keep that long. I know you got some leftover turkey waiting on you. All right. Things that we need to know, things that can help us, things that can draw light to our own situation when we don't want to go. 
Because if everybody in this room said, I want to go wherever God wants me to do and whatever God wants me to go or wherever he wants me to go, I'm ready. We could just say amen and we would just go out there and we would do it. But the truth is, I want to go sometimes. Am I the only one? And I'm the preacher. All right. You may say, well, I know this story. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's all it is. It's, it, this guy got swallowed up by this big fish. This whale of a fish. Boy, that's a neat story. Well, the truth is, yes, but don't miss the purpose of the story. You see, the story of Jonah is not a fish story. It's not a fish story. It's a faith story. It's a faith that was missed, a faith that was had, and a faith that was left again. It's a faith story. And if it's a faith story, it connects with you and me because it takes faith for us to go even to the places we don't want to go. Can I get another amen? amen. Oh, that means let it be so. That means you want to go, right? Let's go eat. Here we go. Since you know the story, let me tell it to you briefly, as Jim gave us the first 39 chapters, I think, of Genesis in about two and a half minutes this morning, <laughs> and a little Exodus as well he threw in there, and he did a great job of it. Again, you need to be at the class. Phil and Jim are kind of partners there. They're just switching in and out. I think he's going to go play Mickey Mouse with the grandkids next week. Is that right? And um, so have a good trip. Be blessed. And uh, Phil's going to take over, and, and he does a great job as well. We're blessed to have them as teachers. Blessed to have them as leaders of this congregation. Come, enjoy. Here's Jonah. He didn't want to go. We'd all agree with that, right? He didn't want to go. When he did go, he didn't want the people to repent. Isn't that amazing? He didn't want to go, but then when he went, he didn't want the people to repent because that's why he was sent there, to get them to repent. And then when they repented, he got mad. Listen, any of you want to repent, any of you want to come forward, I won't get mad, I promise. Jonah did. And I believe that it's the only story in the book, only book in the Bible actually ends with a question. And God said, I'm not giving you the answer to that stupid question, I think. But nonetheless, he just tells, he just says that. He just, I got this question. Because Jonah got upset. So we look at Jonah's story and we say, how foolish. Because we can read every detail of that story. There's four chapters and we read how he just went, did his little thing. And in that process, got into a lot of problems. And we look at Jonah and we simply say at the end of the story, what's the moral story? Don't be like Jonah. But yet we find ourselves there. So let's move to the New Testament. New Testament, God's talking to us. Can I get an amen? amen. And it's just a red letter edition, but this today for you it's in white, okay? And so it says, therefore, and go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. God is telling us what we are to do. The simple mission statement of the church any Christian, any Christian, the simple mission statement is one word, go. That's it. Anything less, it's not. But to go. So we are charged as Christians to go. The question is, do you want to go? I don't really want to go today. 
right? Let's find out. That passage to me simply means that we are to share our faith wherever we're at, wherever we go. For instance, God sent you to this city, and some of you are saying, wait until I grow up. When I grow up, I'm getting out of this city. But then God's going to take you to another city. See, God placed you in this city, and now he's saying, have you gone into the city? God placed you in the school that you're in for a reason, a purpose, so that you might go into the hearts of those children or students that are there. God's placed you in the neighborhood that you live in so that you might go into that neighborhood and make a difference in that neighborhood. God has placed you in the company or that place of work for a reason. And the reason was for you to go in there and do something that God has given you to do. But yet we say, I don't want to go. Jonah didn't want to go to the Ninevites. We read there a few moments ago, or you read And we don't want to go into our world because of all kinds of excuses. We'll get to a few here. At first it seemed to go pretty smoothly for Jonah, as it does for us in our Christian walk. Pretty smooth sailings. We get in the car, we pack everything up, and we're headed out to St. Louis. Everything's pretty good until we get to about Oklahoma City. Then Donna says, i got to take a potty break. So things are going pretty smoothly until the dog's got to be let out. Pretty smoothly until something goes a little haywire, doesn't it? And so for Jonah, here it was. Jonah didn't want to go, but things were pretty smooth for him after he told God, yeah, you bet, I'll go wherever you want me to go, I'll go. So he found a ship, and he was on his way, no problem. Jonah was sailing out. He thought for sure he escaped God. Do you ever feel like you've escaped God? Got away with that one. God didn't see me then. Huh? Oh, you don't need no radar to see you, my friend. So, you see, he could have thought, like many of us do, and this is important for someone, all of us. Well, you see, it's kind of like this, folks. There was a ship there, and that ship was just available. So I said to myself, if God is in this thing, make a ticket available. So I went up to the clerk and I asked, was there a ticket to go that way? And the clerk says, why, why, why? I have a ticket for you. Must be a God thing. Ever been there? It's got to be. Hmm. The ship was available. I had a ticket. And it was leaving that day. Woo-hoo! It must be a God thing. That's what we say, isn't it? Often. When we do what we want to do and we know that it's wrong, we try to convince ourselves that it's right because it's convenient for our thoughts. Someone said it like this. I wrote it down twice. I don't know who said it. Probably couldn't find out the first one that said it. Maybe it's Sermon on the Mount. Watch this. Favorable circumstances are not always a sign from God that this is it. Did you catch that one? Just because it's a favorable circumstance doesn't mean God is saying, this is it. Now, it could be. It could very well be. But you see, usually it's if we want it to be. Usually if it's exactly the way we thought it through, 
we think it's going to be the best for us, and so therefore, it's got to be from God. It can be, but you have no right, we have no right to force something that God, not, God has not ordained in our life. And when you do, you're in trouble. It'll always end up in trouble. So I'd like to tell you that Jonah got on a ship and he went on his way and he was sailing and he's sailing, but he wasn't. It got pretty rough. And it does for us. A gentleman came in one time and he, he knew something was eating at him and he wanted to talk to me. He was a married man, had a family, and he decided to just share with me what the Lord had put on his heart. And you know what he put, told me? I mean, he's a grown man, a family, been married many years, children, and simply said, I want to let you know that I'm going to leave my wife because I've been having an affair, but I really believe it's a God thing because it's so good. What, what, what do you say? You, you, you really just want to smack them upside the head. What are you thinking? And the only thing that I could say is, well, it could be a sign of a calm before the storm. Because for Jonah on that ship, sailing the opposite direction, it may have felt pretty good at first. Everything may have been going pretty smooth. Many times we offer excuses to God as well. We offer excuses that we're not going to share Christ with others. Let me give you three real quick. Number one is, I don't know enough. We feel inadequate. I just don't know enough. Do you know Jesus? He's enough. That's it. That's it. If you know Jesus, you have no excuse. If you don't know Jesus, come to know Jesus and you won't have an excuse. You know enough if you know Jesus. That's it. Well, so we step into a little further. Wait a minute. I don't know the plan of salvation. Is there five things or six things? Now, I can't remember how many steps there are to get to heaven. Jesus, that's the plan of salvation. The plan of salvation is Jesus. Without Jesus, you can't even get started. It's about Jesus. You mean you can't tell somebody that you love Jesus? You can't be compassionate and kind and caring and loving to even those that are non-Christians? Telling them you might pray for them and with them or for them? Can they not see that quality of Christ in you? Jesus. Without him, we're sunk. Here's another one. I don't want people to think that I'm a Jesus freak. See that? 
I don't want people to think I'm a Jesus freak. Good grief. Man, what are they going to think about me at the office? What are they going to think about me at school? What are they going to think about me out there? Uh, I'm, uh, he's some kind of Jesus freak. It's amazing to me that we can go to a ball game, 30 below zero. The grown man can strip his shirt off and paint his face and paint a letter on his chest and scream and holler. And we go, wow, he's a fanatic. And if you dare raise your hand at church and shout, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Oh, he's a freak. Wow. So I don't think there's many excuses left. Except maybe for one. I don't want to. It's kind of like the kids going to camp. When they go to camp, we send them to camp in the summertime. They're out of school, send them to camp. Sometimes at different times of the year. And I love, I love that when kids go because they come back fired up. And they're excited. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Man, they're just excited. They get back to school and they're like, and as a teenager, it's tough. It's tough in the schools. We don't, we're not saying you need to carry your Bible down the hallway and start, hey, turn or burn. <laughs> it's tough. But I just glanced to see Lori Manning here today. She has a great program over to school. She goes and allows the Christian kids to come together at a certain time. They pray together and they they. They just encourage each other. What a blessing. Don't ever think that you're not making a difference. Just a little bit. So you young people that don't have something like that in your school, be brave enough and courageous enough to start one. You got Jesus. If, if you got Jesus, you win. Well, well, they might say something. They put Jesus on a cross. Well, they, I might lose some friends. Jesus did too. Some of his disciples just said, no, this is too much. We can't take it. They left. But just don't leave. Uh, I spent too much time there, but you get maybe the picture. You see, we might have a lot more in common with this Jonah guy than we might think. The truth is, when we realize the urgency of the message, our excuses really don't hold up. When somebody calls me to the hospital and they know their loved one is about to pass away, they don't have any excuses. They just want me to get in there and they want me to pray with them. They want me to ask them the question that they should have asked a long time. Have you accepted Christ as your Savior, Lord? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know him as your Savior? I just couldn't do it. But they're about gone now. Would you do it for me? That's how we work. Today is the day of salvation, the Lord says. This is uh, by a guy, uh, a doctor, Dr. Rolo. I don't know if he's the candy guy or not, but nonetheless, Dr. Rolo said it this way, and I love this. He says, man is the strangest creature of all. He's the only one that runs faster when he loses his own way. Boy, and that's truth. We're lost and we just floor it. When we get off track, instead of turning, making a U-turn, we just floor it, thinking that somehow we're going to get back on track. 
If you're stuck, you're stuck. If you're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way. And there are times when all of us have headed toward Tarshish when God commanded us to go to Nineveh, just like Jonah. Someone also said, if we all have Goliaths in our lives, and we do, and if we all face the Red Seas in our lives, and we do, then we all have Ninevehs which God has sent us to. And I believe that. Now, yours probably won't involve being swallowed by a whale or a fish, I hope. That'd be pretty cool, though. Could you, you, you can preach. If you could swallow by a whale this week for three days, I promise you, you can preach next Sunday. <laughs> you may not look too good, but you can preach. Here we go. Maybe yours is a relationship. It's a relationship that you've been challenged to work on, either to give up or to strengthen. You make the decision. Because you will. It's one that you need to work on, but you've chosen not to go. Maybe it's a relative that doesn't know Christ and you've chose to be silent. You got that niece, that nephew, that cousin, that aunt, that uncle that you know for sure lives in Montana, Minnesota, Michigan, or wherever else in the world, and you know that in your heart you believe that they've never accepted Jesus Christ, but you've chose not to go to them. Why? This is a perfect time of the year to go to them. Go to the Hallmark store, get you a beautiful card. And somewhere on that card, can you not write out a few words to the one that is related to you? And simply say something like, Hey, I just wanted to wish you and your family a wonderful Merry Christmas. God has been so good to me and my family. I'm so thankful that Jesus came into my life. He has blessed me richly this year. I pray that you and your family know him as Savior as well. Love. Is that so hard? Did you know just by saying those few words, it could cause a person that lives in wherever to pick it up and read? Because normally on the card, let me tell you what we don't do. Ladies always do, but men always mostly don't. Women will read the whole card. Honey, come here. I want to read this beautiful card Kim sent to us. And it goes all the way down and all the way in and all the way over. Right? And men are like this. Ain't no money in that one. <laughs> no. But what we really pay attention to is what they wrote personally. What they wrote personally. I love you. Love you much. XO, XO, XO. The more XOs you get in a card when I was a kid, that meant they loved you extra special. I would show my brother and I'd say, hey, Aunt Sally doesn't like you as much as she does me because I got 10 X and O's and you only got eight. Ha ha ha. Means something. So don't tell me you can't. Just tell me you won't. Maybe it's your mom. Listen closely. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's your daughter. Maybe it's your son that you've had nothing to do with lately because you chose to or not to. Maybe it's your spouse that you need to spend more time with, but you said, don't want to go. If those are the case, then you know it's not too late because you just heard what I said. It means there's still time. Jonah came back, the prodigal son came back, Peter came back, if you will. 
beautiful things can happen when you return. And you can too. So as I close today, let me ask you, how far out of the way have you gone in your life to not go where God has sent you? How far have you gone? How long will it take for you to turn around and head back home? Or have you even slowed down enough to even notice that you need to make a change in your life? Some people are so busy in life that they haven't even heard from God lately. Have you heard from God lately? Or are you so busy, 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 that you even haven't heard from God lately? Well, I didn't know God talked. Oh, really? Should have been in Jim's class this morning. God spoke so loud that the people of Israel trembled and begged, don't ever say it out loud again. God speaks, and God will speak to you, my friend. When is the last time you heard from him? When's the last time he heard from you? Here's how it takes place. It's a simple word. It's the heart of a message that anyone might preach. When you mention it, believers often immediately think of condemnation. They think of something ugly. But it's anything but. It's a word called repentance. It's a word called repentance. See, the reason why we don't like the word repentance is because it means I have to admit that I was wrong. And we don't like that. It's actually one of the most beautiful gifts God gives us as his children. Did you know that? It's one of the most beautiful gifts that God gives us as his children. Think about it. Without it, we're all sunk. Every single one of us are sunk without it. Think about it. Who are the candidates for repentance? Imperfect people. You, sorry, and me. That's not bad. That's good. Why is that good? Because it makes us perfect, perfect candidates for repentance, which leads us to not more of self, but to God's grace. David Cowton said it this way, true repentance is God's active, act, true repentance is God's activating grace in our life. It remakes us, it restores us, it repairs us. It starts in the darkness, ends in light. It starts in the bondage and ends in freedom. And it starts in the death and it ends in life. Think about it. Of all of God's creation, only man can repent. We're the only ones that can do that. And the only person that stops you from repenting, the only person that stops you from repenting is you. In Luke 15, listen to what the heavens say. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You want angels to rejoice today. Repent. Perhaps Jesus has not returned yet because he is waiting for people like you and me to repent. He's not slow. Scripture says there, 2 Peter. Listen to this, these last remarks. Your flesh will always struggle with, I don't want to go. 
your flesh will always struggle with, I don't want to go. Always. But your spirit that is connected to God will always be willing to go and do what he calls you to do. That's why it's important to stay connected to God. That's why it's important to keep that relationship, that bond, that working relationship with God fresh. So is there someone that you can help to get moving again? Look, look in the audience. Look around you today. Who's the person that was around you and they're not? Who's the person, are you, do you have that person in mind, or maybe it's someone else, it's a friend, a co-worker, that you don't even know if they go to church, but maybe that's the person you can move them again in their walk with Christ. What are you waiting for? Or are you going to just say, I don't want to go? Or perhaps it's you. It's you that God has been working on today. Please, just release it and say, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. And aren't you glad, most of all, that Jesus didn't look at all of us and the garbage that we have in our lives and simply say, I don't want to go. But then he went, and then he came, and he died, and he rose again. And he said, I want you to go. And lo, I'll be with you always. I want to go. You want to go? Let's go. Maybe today you have a prayer request. Maybe today you have a need. Maybe today is the day that you want to receive Christ as your Savior. Maybe today is the day that you want to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Maybe today is your day that you say, I'm not going to say I don't want to go anymore. I'm just going to step out. And I'm going to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Come. Come right now. It's together we stand and sing.